Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, get your helmets on. Let's go, let's go. It's time to hear from some of the best high school football coaches in the area. It's the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show, presented by your local pick-and-save stores. I feel that chill, smell that fresh cut grass. Let's turn it over to Muskego Athletic Director Ryan McMillan. And the fans high school insider, Big time, Mike McGivern. Welcome back to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick and save stores on 1250 AM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. My co-host is Ryan McMillan, the athletic director at Muskego. And I got to tell you, you know, I, I enjoy doing this current electric superhero of the week segment each and every week. A couple of weeks ago, we did it with a young lady from Mesmer High School my alma mater. And if you listen to this show, you know that I'm really, I, I'm proud to say that I was a Whitefish Bay Dominican basketball coach a while back for, I think, 10 years, 10 seasons. We went back-to-back state championships, and I'm a, a firm believer in the mission that Whitefish Bay Dominican does. And our superhero of the week this week, she is from Whitefish Bay Dominican. What makes someone a superhero? They can leap tall buildings in a single bound? No. Faster than a speeding bullet? No. More powerful than a locomotive? Absolutely not. Let us introduce you to what we believe superheroes are really about. It's time for the current electric superhero of the week. Hey, welcome, uh, Anna Krawcheck. She is from Whitefish Bay, Dominican. She's a senior there, 3.9 GPA, National Honor Society. And we're going to get into a number of things that that she does. Anna, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Mike? I am good. Thanks so much for joining us. So the, the years that you have spent at Whitefish Bay, Dominican, these have been good years for you. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. Some of the best years of my life. Yeah, I. you know what? I'm a fan of, of Dominican. I'm a fan of the people in that building. I'm a fan of of their mission and what they do and how they prepare kids, not only for college, but for life. And, and knowing the things that you're involved in, um, I can see that they've done a really good job with that. Uh, like I said, Anna is part of the National Honor Society. She is the, was the vice president of the student council as a junior. She is now as a senior, she is the president of the student council. She joined the rock climbing team, the high school rock climbing team, Anna, I, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a rock climbing team. Do you have fun doing that? Yeah, it's really fun, and it's a great opportunity. And at Dominican, it's so cool that I could join something like that my senior year. It's not like I had to be in it all four years. Yeah, good good for you. So a couple of things, and those are things that you just kind of do like when you have time. And, and I want to get into a couple of things that are really important to you. Um one is your volunteer for, for um, SPREAD, which is Special Religious Education. And you guys meet once a month via Zoom right now and develop friendships um, and, and teach and learn how to um, help people with special needs, correct? Yeah. So how did you get involved with that? Uh, so my mom has been volunteering with SPREAD for a very, very long time as a catechist. And so since I was young, I was just, you know, around and, you know, kind of involved, but not officially. Um, but I met a ton of the our spread friends. And then this year, as a senior, I need to do um, a certain number of hours of service work for um, my senior service requirements at school. Yep. And so I decided to be a spread peer. And it's just, it's really great. Okay, you know what, let's let's talk a little bit about that if we can, Anna. How have you learned a lot about yourself and about about the needs of other people by being part of that? I, I think what a wonderful opportunity um, to get involved and and understand, you know, how you can make a difference in in other people's lives. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the special the religious education is for our friends with special needs, but everyone who's involved in spread always says that it's really enriching to the volunteers as well. I mean. You learn so much about other people, and, um, you know, from learning about other people, you learn about yourself. You kind of look inwards. You learn about your faith, and you make a ton of new friends and build some super cool relationships. Yeah, I agree. Good for you. I'm, I'm really proud of you for, for doing that. Hey, one question that I love asking all of our current electric superheroes is, you know, that servant leadership heart that I think they really do a nice job at Dominican of, of taking and, and getting you to understand, you know, why it's so important to give back. And certainly I talked with your mom, Mary, and this is very important to her as well. But as a 17, 18-year-old young adult, where do you think that, that that servant leadership heart has been developed and motivated from who and where? And I would say that it's just, um, you know, that's kind of, it probably comes partially from how my parents raised me and stuff, but sure. I feel like, I feel as if I've always been very, a very compassionate person. I've always just loved servant um, service work. Because I think it just, I, I found out that it brings me a lot of joy personally. And like, it just feels so good to help other people. And it reaps so many benefits for the volunteer that um, I guess that's my motivation. But I definitely have been raised in a way that, you know, embraces that service and volunteer work and caring for others a lot. 
Boy, that's uh, that's wonderful. And the 3.9, the National Honor Society, you're, you're, the motivation for being such a good student, would that come from home as well? Um, I would say so. And also kind of just like I have very like, you know, I have very high standards for myself. I'd say my parents even say too high sometimes. But um, I guess I really just wanted to succeed in high school, and I really – wanted to excel in my courses and just by focusing and by working a lot and studying, I kind of just naturally happened to do that. So, you know, that's kind of my motivation for that is just doing well in high school. That's uh, that's that River West competitiveness. That's uh, I'm just telling you. <laughs> um, we are talking to Anna Krawcheck. She is from Whitefish Bay, Dominican. She's a senior, and she's our current electric superhero of the week. And I waited till the end to talk. When I talked to Anna off the air, we talked about that she loves theater. And she has been involved in theater. And if you don't know about the Whitefish Bay Dominican Theater Program, get to know it. Because it's been really well-respected, not only here in southeast Wisconsin, but throughout the state for a long time. And Jeff does a great job with, with this theater program. And Anna is um, eight shows. She's currently involved in, in a show called Mousetrap, which is opening night is November 6th, and it's family only. However, there's going to be a link, um, and I think it'll be on the Whitefish Bay Dominican website, uh, that you can go and, and watch Mousetrap and watch Anna perform. What about theater, Anna, caught you? And, and you certainly have it in your blood, and you love it, huh? Yeah, so it wasn't something that I did a ton. I, in middle school, I did it a little bit. I did a few shows in middle school and grade school. But then when I came to Dominican, I was like, well, one of the reasons I came to Dominican was because of the theater program, because I saw a few shows, and I was like, wow, like I want to be a part of that. It looks so fun. Um, and the theater department at Dominican is super, super inclusive. So you're always going to be in it. There's no cuts. And, um, and it's just like, once I did one show, I was like, I'm doing every single show I can because it's just brought me so much joy. And I met so many of my friends through theater and I just made so many great relationships through that program and had so much fun and learned so many lessons, honestly. So uh, on a sophomore year, she started an Instagram account for the Dominican theater um, program and I said, why? Why did you do that? And she said, you know, it, we lacked a little marketing, lacked um, a way to celebrate and promote this really good theater program. So as a sophomore in high school, she started this Instagram account because she saw again the servant leadership. She saw this need that this program that she absolutely loves, maybe not enough people were, were recognizing or seeing what they were doing. So as a sophomore, she started that for this, this theater program again, that she adores. So um, uh, what are the musicals that you've been involved in? Are you a musical fan or did you just, did you like the non-musicals? I like both. And I've definitely been involved in both the musicals I've been in so far are um, big fish newsies and mama Mia. Man, good shows. Those are really good shows. Good for yeah. you. Hey, do you think you're going to, and do you know yet what, what you want to do next year, Anna? I'm not sure yet. I'm applying to colleges right now. It's kind of crazy and with the pandemic, but um, I'm trying my best. And I don't think I want to necessarily go into musical theater or anything, but it would be fun to do recreationally in college. Yeah, you bet. And we had this conversation because I have a brother that my brother, John, has been involved in theater for a long time. And it's, you know what? As much joy as he's given the audiences, he's gotten that right back. 
and he's so talented. Anna, he's just a really talented man, and I got a chance to do Around the Corner with John McGivern for a number of years, so we would hang out, and we're, we're a little bit opposite. I don't know a lot about theater, and he doesn't know anything about sports, but I have so much love and respect for him and, and the talent that he has. Hey, last question for you. When you signed up and you were the vice president of student council, now as a senior, you're the president of student council, you had no idea what kind of year this was going to be. This has this got to be a difficult time and place for somebody to be the president of a student council in a high school. Yeah, definitely. I mean, last year when I was elected, you know, um, senior class president, I was super excited because um, senior class council plans homecoming and, like, you know, the power puff yep. game and all that stuff. So uh-huh. we get to school this year, and it's like, well, none of that can happen. So it was, you know, kind of difficult. We had to have lots of meetings and um, talk about, well, how can we still make homecoming week fun? And we can't have a dance, and we can't have football games, you know, with the student section, but how can we still have fun? And so this year, we what we did is we planned a bunch of dress-up days, and we decorated the school. And, I mean, I think it ended up pretty pretty good, and I had a lot of fun. Well, so, good. But it was, it was definitely hard. Yeah, was, and yeah. you've, you know, understand that you have built a template. If this happens again five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, they're going to say, hey, Back in 2020, what did the, the, the president of the student council, what did they do? And they're going to look back. So take good notes in what you're doing. I, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. And, and please tell your mom, Mary, that, that I said thank you. It was really nice to talk to her as well. Again, she is Anna Krawcheck. She is from Whitefish Bay, Dominican. She is our current electric superhero of the week. And don't forget... Once November 6th comes by, they're going to they're gonna videotape Mousetrap. And she's really proud of the theater program at Dominican, and she should be. Keep up the good work, Anna. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Mike. Yeah, you bet. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. Ryan McMillan, the AD at Muskego, is my co-host. Ryan, that current electric superhero of the week is just a, a fun segment for us to do. Oh, it might be the best thing you've done all year, Mike, is add that <laughs> thing. It, uh, it's been a lot of fun hearing about the great stories of students from around our uh, communities and it's just a really good positive message to send in today's world you know and each one of them including Anna who we just talked to you know the servant leadership heart is is something that is, is just so apparent and when we ask that question about the motivation it's almost like they go ah you know what I this is who I am and I enjoy that part of, of who I am, and, and I like giving back, and I get more. If, if there's one common theme behind these kids that we talk to, it's that they feel like they get more out of it than the people they are serving, and I think that's a really good sign for the future of our community. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's, it's awesome, again, to know what's coming up with future leadership and, and young people in today's day and age, and um, it, it's really cool. And when you talk about what their why is, these kids at an early age, 
man, I'm a grandfather of four. I'm still not quite sure what my why is. Anna Krachek from Whitefish Bay Dominican, she knows what her why is. She knows exactly what it is. And it's interesting that they learn that at such an early age. 100%. She's uh, defined her path and she's focused on what it, it's going to be. And something tells me she's going to go get it done, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of path and getting it done, uh, my, my phone's blowing up. Because when I announced Wade LeBeck, he's going to join as deputy director of the WIA. Because there's a lot of, I don't know if it's confusion, but questions about what, what's going to happen when it comes to this fall football tournament, what the intent is. Um, we are now joined by Wade LeBeck here. Wade, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Man, good. Thank you for, uh, I appreciate your willingness to, to join us. I've gotten, I can't imagine the amount of questions you get, but I've gotten a zillion of them. Can we talk a little bit about kind of what's coming up? I, I, I've announced that, um, you know, next Friday, November 6th, midnight, uh, you guys are going to release the tournament field of 224 broken into uh, seven divisions. Uh, around 1230 a.m., run the auto seating program. And at 1.30, release the 18 groupings brackets by division. That's still in place for Friday night, November 6th, going into Saturday morning, correct? Yeah, and that, that might be an aggressive timeline. We usually, um, you know, it takes a long time to get the scores, and we have coaches who we have to call and ADs we have to hunt down in order to get the final scores. But uh, that's pretty aggressive. But uh, I would say we'll have it done by about 1.30. You know, Ryan McMillan is on the call. If he's one of those guys, I can take care of that for you. If Mosquito's <laughs> not calling in quick enough, I can, I, can, uh, I can shame him right now on the air, Wade, if that's what we need. No, he's always on top of it. Our, 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 what we have is we'll, we'll have coaches and ads who might be the host, and and they're not not in the field, and then they'll you know forget to call us, and you know you got to lock down the field, turn off the lights, and all that. It's the last thing on your mind is to call your score in. So uh, I, I get it. I'm a former ad, but uh, that's usually what we're waiting for. We get the final score probably about I'd tell you about 11:15 is when we're usually hunting and, and getting that final one down. So here's the question that I keep getting asked. So now you've got, um, let's get to the point that we have the eight-team groupings, and let's just go with uh, Division One in in Southeast, in this area. Will one play eight and two play seven, or are you going to break that eight-team up into two different divisions so one plays four, two plays three, five plays eight? How, how, how are you planning that? Right. Remember, we've only got two levels, so we're going to we're going to go ahead and take uh, the, the computer program and, and, and figure out our field of 224. The, the schools had, uh, we asked them to indicate whether they're opting in or opting out, and uh, we did have about 14 or, or so opt out. We had about 257 schools that were playing this fall. So we're, we've got roughly about 240 schools that are playing f- football yet uh, right now. Um, we're going to take those 240, we're going to throw them in, into the computer, and, and we will find the 224 that are going to be into the field. We'll divide that into seven divisions of 32, and then those seven divisions, we're going to come up with pods of four. Um, I know you talked about eight, but we're going to come up with pods of four. And, and what I would like to do is something, as you've described, is to, to find them competitive pods and, and take the, the best records possible in the region and uh, make pods of four of that, and then find the ones that have similar records that might not be, you know, as good. So we don't want 0 and 7s mixed in with one or 7 and 0s. We would like to go ahead and, 
and have the, the best schools in that region playing each other in a pot of four and the next best playing, playing each other in pots of four and then seeding them, as you said, one to four and two to, two to three. So it's actually we're going to do kind of what you described, but I can't guarantee it in all parts of the state because up north we might not be able to find a pot of eight and, and find the four best against each other and the, and the next best against each other. So we can't guarantee that they're all going to be set up that way. So. Uh, but they're all going to be in pods of four, and then we'll throw them in a computer, and then we'll seed them. That's perfect, and I'm happy to hear that. How? And, and I know Ryan's got a couple of questions, but let me ask you this one. Will the region for, like, Division One? will each region be the, the, the same, and, and how difficult would it be if you had to adjust regions because in, you know, Divisions 5 and 6 and 7, there's not that many teams here in southeast Wisconsin? Right. It's going to be a little bit, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how we divide them up, you know, like you said, by divisions. Um, you know, the, the outlier like Hudson, uh, where are we going to be able to put them? Uh, and because they're going to be the sole only Division One school in the northwest area. And they're going to have to, we're going to have to decide whether we, you know, run them over to, to the Green Bay area or whether we run them down to the Madison area or if somebody's going to have to go up there because a higher seed will host. So we've, we've got to figure out those issues, and, and it's going to be, you know, what are we going to do with the, with the school that's down there in Division 7? How are we going to go ahead and, and get them into uh, a pod? Uh, we're talking about we might have to mix a Division 7 school in with a Division uh, 6 uh, pod just to, because right. of the region and the travel, and that's, that's going to probably be the solution that we have to come up with is, is you, you know, this year you might – end up being uh you might end up being in a division that has um, mostly you know three sixes and, and one seven or you know three division ones and and one division two it all depends on how how it goes ahead and works out well i'll tell you i am uh i'm happy you didn't invite me to come up and and be part of that uh that decision process with some of this because I'll, you know, guys like me, I'll just go to bed that night, get up, and then complain about everything you guys do the next day. You know, that's that's how I roll. Hey, Ryan, I'm happy with what Wade is talking about at this point because it's really similar to what we were hoping. Yeah, as long as you can find uh, two competitive games, I think that's all that uh, anybody can hope and ask for. I think. Uh, I think the only outlying question that's going to continue to come up as the weeks progress and all the other WIA tournaments finish up and they're naming state champions and moving along the, the court is what, how will the football community react to not naming a, a state champion when everybody else got to. But other than that, I like Wade's plan. I think it's great. I think it, uh, I think the computer, you put the computer to work, it's going to help you. And then, and he's right. Finding a place for Hudson is, is going to be a challenge, but I think uh, knowing those guys up there, they're going to be up for it, and, and we're just going to have to travel. I mean, we got people traveling all over right now to, to make games happen for kids, and then we're going to have to make it right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Wade, it, it, it will be difficult, I think, for some of those schools, especially with, with nobody really playing in the Madison area where you can't say, okay, look, if we move – you know, if we have to move some teams from Madison to go up west a little bit, it might be a little easier. But without that, without schools in that area at your fingertips to be able to say we can we can send them that way, 
it's going to be difficult on on some of these teams from out uh, out state and up north. Right, and that's why I'm saying we might have to make some divisions. So you might, you know, if you've got the majority of Division two schools, and you, you might have to throw Hudson in with a group like that. The issue up there is is that they're all in the same conference. So right. you don't want to have you don't want to have another conference, you know, around the games. We want to see if we can get something else mixed in there. So it'll it'll take some creativity. I'm sure there'll be some people who won't be happy with us, but you know, no. it is what it is. Yeah, and you know, in Division One, when with Marquette getting beat last night, you know, all of a sudden there's a chance, at least in that region, this area. There could be three of uh, three of the four teams could be, you know, from that conference with Muskego and Arrowhead and McGuanico. Um And I think that that's something that you're going to want to try to stay away from as well. And and uh, it, it's going to be difficult. Who's will you be up in that room uh, next Friday night? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, myself. And, uh, usually the, the usual characters are myself, um, Dave Anderson, uh, Todd Clark. Uh, my assistant Heidi, um, uh, our uh, financial person uh, Cassie and, and Joan, and, and they help with the maps and help him put the stuff into the computer and so forth and so on. And then um, we have in the past had two representatives from the uh, coaches association. I don't know if they've gotten them uh, picked out or not, but uh, usually they help with the maps as well. So uh, we want to go ahead and, and get some representation in there. So we have hey, some. I, I... I want to get clear real quick again. So, is there is there a chance that what the region you pick, how you pick your regions for Division One, Two, Three, and Four, and so on, that the the region in one is going to be different than the circle for Region Three and Four, or or a sec for Division Three and Four? So, well, well, you know, normally whatever region, all the regions for each of the divisions stay the same, but in what we're going through. Is there a chance that what region, what division one region is, is going to be different than what division four region is? Yeah, and they usually are just because of the size of the schools and and how they are uh, combined together. You know, so there's there's more uh, division seven schools uh, in the northwest and in the southwest, obviously, than in the southeast. So those divisions are going to look different than division four where they're usually equally dispersed, but only a couple in central Wisconsin. So they usually end up traveling uh, a little bit further up towards the Bloomer area and that. And in Division One, as you said, that you know, uh, it's completely different because usually it's only Hudson. Um, and this year you don't have any Eau Claire's in there. So right. uh, that, that, that sends them over to the Green Bay. You know, Division Two, uh, Menominee's been always, all the way over to uh, – Hortonville, so in the past, so oh. the regions really vary, and uh, okay. it, it depends on how it is, you know. And and what we're looking at is, you know, you may not have a state championship, but you will have a, a northwest champion, a northeast champion, and a southeast champion, and a southwest champion. So you'll have a regional champion. This is what you'll have. So that's you know kind of how uh, you know if, if I'm going to motivate my kids, that's what we want to do. We want to win the first game, win the second game, be the champions of our region. You know, so. That's uh, that's kind of the focus. We have, once again, you know, we're we're so lucky. I was at a football game last night, and uh, it was just nice to watch football. And uh, it was McGuanago all the way up at DC Evers, but you know, it's just nice to watch football. It's nice to see kids playing and having fun and and doing that because we didn't think we were going to be able to do that in March and in, in May. So 
you know, I think the further along we got, the more expectations there were without the realization, hey, we're darn lucky we've got what we're doing. Hey, Wade, uh, question along the lines of more of a logistical piece to typically how the playoffs operate. How will you handle uh, the travel component? Is it always going to be at the higher seat, or will you try to find neutral sites? And in the past, you know, as we've gotten to level three, level four of the playoffs, the weather is not kind during those times. Uh, and I thought the WI has done a really good job of finding good neutral sites to have it on artificial turf and, and try and take the weather out of it as much as they could. Do you foresee that being a factor coming up, or do you just foresee it staying at the, the higher seed host school? I really see it staying at the higher seed uh, because uh, we've been struggling to find hosts for soccer and volleyball um, for neutral sites. The, the communities don't want uh, if they're not involved, don't want other communities coming in there, especially two more communities coming in there. So we've really, we've really had a lot of people backing out to host a neutral soccer. So I anticipate it'll have to be the higher seed. And you know, if if, uh, if uh, say uh, Muskego's field isn't good enough, there's nothing that prevents you from going over and playing at Arrowhead. Uh, you can host at Arrowhead. You don't have to host at your own field as long as it's on an approved field on the list. So if a school is out there and their field is is beat up. There's nothing saying that they can't go ahead and find an alternative field to host at as long as those people are willing to do it for you. Or, you know, we've had, we've had hosts who aren't, uh, you know, they, they just rent the field to them and uh, the, the school that's the higher seed, you know, does all of the, gets all the workers, gets all that. So, so I anticipate we're going to have to go higher seed only. Uh, we might be able to get some, but, but as I was talking to the, um, Jim Seckle up there at DC Evers, his, his, his uh, administration would not let him host a neutral volleyball. Uh, so that's right in the middle. So if you had a Hudson Bayport, you could play that at, at DCF as well. Their, their administration said no. So uh, I think it'll be hard to find a neutral site. Right. No, I agree with that. It's interesting times. Oh, it's really interesting. Wait, and I would assume that you guys are taking great notes because, you know, who knows what's going to happen next year and, and, you know, five years, ten years down the road there might be people that are going, hey, well, how did they handle this in 2020? And let's go back and, and take a look to see, you know, what they went through, what worked for them, what didn't work for them, because everything we're doing right now is this is new for all of us, new for you guys. And, and I do commend that that we have figured, kind of figured this thing out. And I, I'm, I'm kind of with Ryan where I wish that football, we could name a state champion um, the, the, and we, we're not going to be able to do that, but these regional championships, like you said, as, as an ex-football coach, that certainly should, should be able to, you should be able to get your kids interested, keep them interested in, in trying to accomplish that goal, and I think that's really important. Yeah, and we've been, we've been saving every message that's come out of my office, I'll tell you that. So uh, we've been saving all of our guidelines. We've been saving everything that we've had uh, come through just because, uh, as you said, we want to be able to be prepared for the next uh, next time, and hopefully it's not during my lifetime. I've had enough of it once. I don't need another one of these. But uh, Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. You know, and you know, I, I tell you what, I've been impressed by our school leaders. I've been impressed by our athletic directors. I've been impressed by our coaches and our officials. Uh, they've adapted. They've, uh, you know, done a good job of following uh, the guidelines, whether it's through the DPI or WIA or their local health departments. And, you know, it's not too hard. You ask them to mask up. 
and uh, they'll do it because they know it's it's that important to go ahead and play next week. So I've I've been impressed when I've gone to the different games and, and seen how well people have done. I'm not cer- cer- certain that the social distancing is always the best, but you know usually I'm seeing a good, a good job by our spectators with the with that. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes in the winter. Uh, we have a lot of people who are are worried about winter and. Um, uh, the fall is our predictor, and, uh, and hopefully volleyball goes well enough that we can go ahead and, and show people that we can do this and they can have some confidence in what we're doing. Yeah, I agree. Wade, thank you so much. We kept you over a lot longer than than uh, than I told you we would. I really appreciate your time and really excited about, about the pods of four and, and, and how you guys are going to accomplish this. Um you make sure you get get some sleep, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, because you're not going to get much on Friday. I'll tell you that. I get a lot on Saturday. There you go. There you go. I'm going to reach out to Todd Clark uh, next week, like I do every single year, and he has been kind enough over the years that I can talk about what you guys have 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 put up and and say that this is not official until the WIA says it's official. But here's at least preliminary. Um, the way it looks right now, as long as everybody agrees, and and uh, I don't put anything in writing or on a website. We just discuss it, and I'm sure next week, uh, Saturday, that's what we'll be doing. So, hey, th- Wade, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time. Wade Lebecki, the D- Deputy Director of the WIAA. We'll get to a break. Other side of the break, Ryan McMillan and I will continue to discuss what uh, what we just talked about, and um, and some of the teams that I think how this is going to affect, I didn't take a lot of that into consideration until listening to Wade, and we'll have that discussion, Ryan McMillan and I on the other side. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show, presented by your local pick-and-save stores. On 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on 1250 AM. The Fan, I'm Mike McGivern, my co-host, Ryan McMillan, the Athletic Director at Muskego. Ryan, your uh, your thoughts after talking to Wade Lebecki, the Deputy Director of the WIAA? Um, I think it's great that we'll be able to find two more competitive games. Uh, hoping those can happen. Hoping we can give our kids opportunities to uh, finish out uh, strong with good opponents and, and keep our seniors going. And um, I think I think that's the positives coming out of it. I do, you know. Everyone again, I said it in the last segment. People are just going to wonder why do we not have a state champion football team when we have a state champion boys volleyball, girls volleyball, boys cross country, girls cross country swimming and tennis. Right. So. Um, that's that, and and you and I both know why. I mean, we gotta, we you can't play a third week. So um, it, at the end of the day, we count our blessings. We say thank you. We appreciate the opportunity, uh, and we work our tail off to make it right for kids. Yeah, no doubt. One question I wish I would have asked him that I've forgotten, and um, I wish I would have asked him. So a, a school like Whitefish Bay that didn't play last night. What does that do to them? To so let's say they run the rest of the table, but they end up, you know, six and zero instead of seven and zero, or whatever. However, this works. Whatever the numbers are, how, is that going to affect them when it comes to those seedings? Yeah, that's a great question, and, and 
how you know who knows how it goes i think they're going to look strongly at your conference because most of us are all in conference only schedules anyway but as the years gone on you know certain schools have managed certain things um better than others and it's created uh, opportunities for people to you know look around and oak creek to freedom and you know uh franklin to menominee or wherever they've had to go to, to make things happen and now you don't really have the conference schedule so some some teams might only have uh four conference games others might have a full seven so it'll just be interesting how they do it and i think they'll they'll lean heavily on those football people at least i hope they do in the wfca to find the appropriate matchups and make sure that uh you know they're getting competitive games and not uh not blow out running clocks because you know it's like for example we got a seven and oh or six and oh lake country lutheran team that just came on the air right right uh, earlier in our show team of the week phenomenal uh, great program they're doing awesome things love what they're doing you send lake country lutheran down to muskego who's also six and oh it's not going to be what we'd hope it to be right and so it's finding that competitive balance across all divisions and trying to be regional as possible and i think at the end of the day the biggest piece is can we find games for teams who want it and uh and you know i know franklin and muskego they want to play each other they always do so those two teams will find well i'm almost guaranteed will be in the same bracket and and then who will be the other two that they drop in with them and and keep going from there so i don't know it'd be interesting you know yeah and you know what you had talked about freedom and, and i think you got to give credit to you know, program like Freedom and to to Wrightstown, smaller schools. And because of what's going on, I think Wrightstown played Kakana last night and Freedom played Oak Creek and, and Freedom played Oak Creek pretty well. I mean, they're, you know, lost by one on a missed two-point conversion with like a minute to go from what I understand. And, and you know, good for those guys. Good for them to say, look, I we're, we are smaller schools, but come on, we'll, we'll play. And we had that conversation earlier in the show that, you know, that's a really kind of a fun thing about what's going on right now. And and I really, I, I kick myself for not asking Wade that question with the teams that have had to miss a game or two. And whether it's because of what's going on in their program or because of what's going on somebody else's. Look at Franklin didn't play. They're not playing this weekend. You know, is that that better? I, I would hope that, that that doesn't affect them. In, when it comes to this, when they, when they pop all these schools and, and scores and everything into this computer, if it says, well, look, Mosquito played this many games, but Franklin is short a game, so we're going to drop them. I just, I, or drop them down a little bit. I just hope that, that that kind of stuff does not happen. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And then the, the unintended consequences or, or questions that could come out of all of this as well is is yet to be seen and you know for example um you talk about the private school debate and private schools you know have they might have less but they got a different type of student athlete and should the private schools be playing up a division as we start to see our private schools take on uh larger enrollment teams and end up beating them so does that add fuel to the fire to that conversation does it you know uh strike up a chord for conference realignment in various different areas of the state and, and teams that are looking around and doing certain things so this uh this will be this will be interesting how this help guides us in the future too because we're all learning every day um 
and the good games will happen. I, I really believe that. I really believe what Mike McGivern said on the, the start of this show of we want to see 1-4-2-3 and have it be good competitive pods. I really believe that's going to happen. Like I, I, yeah. I trust the computer, and I think for the fan, it's going to be great. I think it's really going to be cool. It's just going to be what do we learn from it on the backside uh, that might help make everything better. I'm not saying it's going to make anything worse, but it could help make things better too. Boy, I, I sure wish it was uh... – Five after ten, and you would have made that private school comment then, because we that would give us, that would give me an hour and fifty-five minutes to convince you how wrong you are with that, um, being, <laughs> a, being a private school guy. But you throw that at me when we've got about you know one more break in about six minutes. May, we'll have that conversation, you and I, young man, because I'm telling you, you know, I've always coached in private schools, and we got to introduce our kids to each other their freshman year. Some of you got your Muskego boys are playing, you know, football together and basketball together in third grade. So I don't want to hear about maybe the private school should play up a division. And we got to get we got to find parents that are willing to pay 10 grand to send their kid to that school. I want to hear about they have a different type of athlete. Please. now, <laughs> Please. Now, if that was the case, Hunter Wooler would be going to Greendale Martin Luther. And I don't see him at Greendale Martin Luther. I see him at Muskego. And he is yes, a special sir. kind of athlete. So let's get to a break. Man, I can't believe I got to call you when we get off the air. And now I've got to yell at you about the, the private school line that you just had. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break. I may just cut Ryan McMillan from the show altogether after that line. But he will join us on the other side. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick and save stores on 1250 AM The Fan. Welcome back to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on 1250 AM. The Fan, I'm Mike McGivern and public school hater Ryan McMillan, the AD at Mosquito. Hey, Come Ryan, on, my, my, man, my phone just blew up with some of my private school boys going, hey, don't let him get away with that comment, trying to slide that <laughs> one in quickly and move on. Hey, um, we'll have that conversation one day, you and I, maybe on the air because it'll be pretty interesting. There's some games coming up next week on the 6th that I think are important to some some teams, depending on where they're going to fall in some of this. You know, a little surprise, Homestead got beat last night to Slinger, um, so in, and, and, and Hartford got beat. So that game that Cedarburg has at Hartford and the game that Whitefish Bay has at Homestead looked a week ago like it was going to be big for both schools. Now it, it, it's big for Cedarburg. It's big for Whitefish Bay um, if they want to stay in kind of that t- that top four pod, correct? Yeah, I would I would think so. I think they're going to have to that, – that's the beauty of this whole piece, right? Because everything usually in the normal years comes down to that very last game, and I don't foresee this year being any different, and it'll be wild uh, – Next Friday, Saturday, and we'll have a lot of t- lot to talk about, I'm sure, Saturday morning. We'll have a ton to talk about. Lake Country Lutheran goes to Martin Luther, both undefeated in that conference. Um, they're sister schools, and so they, they, they know each other pretty well, at least the administration does. And I know that Martin Luther, who, you know, they, they I don't think they've played yet the competition that Lake Country Lutheran has been playing, but I know they're excited to play that game, and that may have some some saying some of that as well. Then Brook Central and Marquette play. 
Marquette gets beat last night by Brookfield East. And I think everybody kind of looked at, at them, even though they're playing, I guess what would be considered a non-conference because they didn't play in the beginning. They weren't going to play. And now they're playing. So I don't know how that's going to go into all of the, you know, the WIA stuff. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, you just kind of keep looking around and uh, try to keep pushing forward and, again, find games. And I think that it's just going to – it might be more strictly records this year than than anything. The, the more that you keep talking about all the um, nuances that are out there and maybe the conference um, discussion doesn't hold as much weight as it normally has, you know, with the different number of games and who's where and when and how and – um, time will definitely tell, though, that's for sure. So yep. I can tell you Muskego is uh, next week will not be playing walks of south, so we uh, don't send a reporter to Muskego High School next week because we won't be here. Where are you going to be? Uh, we don't know yet. We, uh, we have a strong tentative uh, agreement uh, with a location. Uh, chances are uh, we will be playing Hudson. Um, However, there is still some logistics that I'm continuing to work on to make it all all come true, and and I think it'd be really good if we make it happen. Well, if there's a you know if there's a private school in between these two that you want to utilize their facility, I'd be your guy. By the way, I could help you with that. Um, <laughs> there you why go. Waukesha South is is out? Yeah, Waukesha South is out. They uh, they programmatically they made some decisions to to operate and, and finish their season the way they, they kind of want to. So uh, we're going to respect that, and we're going to move on and, and try and find our kids a game and and uh, keep going forward. So we'll see what happens. Boy, the Hudson game would be, uh, if you could work that out, that would be an awfully um, entertaining game between two really good high school football programs. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the, the opponents – so from a two schools standpoint is is we've agreed to play each other in our two large schools so it should work out pretty well it's just we got to figure out exactly where we're going to play that game and how all the logistics of hosting a game uh work and how that all looks boy oh boy i'll tell you what you you uh i got to tell you this you're not getting paid nearly enough this year not for yeah, this show <laughs> now, yeah i doubled your salary for this show but for being the ad over at muskego uh, not uh, nearly enough. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much, man. What a fun show this was. And to get those answers from Wade LeBecky really helped. Uh, have a good uh, rest of your day. I know you got a lot going on. Uh, we'll, talk to you. we'll talk to you next week. All right, I appreciate that, Mike. Thanks for having us, and uh, we'll see you next week. You got it. Uh, well done back there, Austin. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.